Chapter 4. Evaluation Inquisitor Costain, what do you mean his file has been purged? All data prior to his recovery has been sealed by Ordo Malaeus. And what does that tell us? Proctor, you may infer whatever you like, but records like this are only sealed in extreme cases. Based on the data delivered by Inquisitor Locke, the Sanctionite is a ghost. Should I assume he was once an agent of the Inquisition? While that might explain it, I can't confirm or deny the notion. It is your job to find out the truth. A day at Scola Sicana wouldn't be complete without a personal evaluation. It said so in the brochure. Of course, it forgot to mention the underground bunker, the hellgun toting guard outside the door, or the incredibly beautiful woman that held my life in her perfectly manicured hands. Proctor June Alicante offered an expectant smile and a quick introduction as she dropped my thin file on the table between us, signaling the start of our private session. Parik Silva, I always like to begin with an easy question. What do you hope to learn at Scola Sicana? Alicante was a good ten years older than me, and possibly the calmest person I'd ever met. While all the Sanctionites were trimmed for future combat, the Sykana instructors and older recruits wore their hair long in any style they chose. Alicante's was a lustrous dark brown and fashionably coiffed, earning her points in the human column of my mind. She was a psychic reader, skilled in the form of telepathy that collected rather than sent information between people. Betting she was good at her job, I placed my hands flat on the polished steel table between us in my least aggressive pose. Proctor, wouldn't you already know that? Building trust is a key aspect of Saikana, and trust comes from voluntarily sharing. I need to hear you say it. I want to learn how to banish demons, inner demons. If she wanted sincerity, I would give her my hot-shotted best. Have you experienced warp possession in the past? I hadn't seen the full contents of my file or my head. I didn't know what Inquisitor Teodoro Locke had chosen to share about my previous life, but decided to stick with the truth for any direct question. Yes. Alicante's brow furrowed. You don't believe me? I believe you completely. But how did you escape their grasp? I died. I focused on those two words, slamming the message home. She didn't flinch. That isn't the entire truth. It wasn't a happy moment, and I'd like to avoid the experience in the future. An artificial null, a curse more than a cure, had burned away the warp entities and the portals they had burrowed into my soul. At the time, it felt like I'd lost a huge part of myself. Now it felt like Saikana was looking to steal the rest. You will be taught to protect yourself, though from what I see, we're too late. You carry the marks of three warp entities. Alicante was sharing a key fact about herself in exchange for my answer. Most psychers could read others to some extent, but the proctor read entire sentences where I might detect an aura, an emotion, or a simple tell. I rolled up my sleeve, showing off the hideous scar, the image of a twisted, double-headed eagle. One creature's mark was banished. You seem proud of it. I was proud of surviving it and wanted to impress the woman. Wouldn't you be? Maybe. She kept her eyes on mine. What scares you the most? Being enslaved to entities of the warp, or the Imperium. Thank you for your honesty. This will certainly be a year of hard choices for you. Isn't it the same for everyone here, even you? How so? At day's end, you get to decide whether or not I'm a danger to those around me. You get to decide whether I'll live or die. 
Alicante smiled. Those aren't hard choices. Like yours, they are simply my reality. You've read my file? I've read whatever the Inquisition chose to share about you. We know you are dangerous, as are all of our charges. We hold these eval sessions to find out what we've missed, map your trajectory, and customize your training. Are you with me so far? I nodded. Silver, tell me a secret. Everyone carries a few. A secret? Like what? What do you desire most? It was all about trust, and it ran both ways in Scola Sicana. Control of my life and a chance to choose my path, I replied. You sound like a whelp of the Overhive. I did. Now you know my secret. Half of it, perhaps. Tell me about one of your Psyker abilities. You think I have more than one? Alicante crossed her arms, waiting. She maintained her warm smile and was rewarded for her patience. I can project my ethereal body outside of my physical one. Having spent many an hour visiting with an Ordo Malaeus banisher in a Medic Hay ward on my homeworld, I was sure the Inquisition would have included this item in their report. Neither the banisher nor I had been healthy enough to stand in anything other than our astral forms. Alicante offered a warning. Silver, that's a dangerous habit. Make sure your doors are locked when you do that. My body had always been safely tucked away whenever I traveled in my astral form, but I got the feeling she was getting at something else entirely. Don't they teach the skill to the students here? Second years, telepaths or biomancers with the right aptitude are given the basics. It is a useful ability for those that end up scouting for the Imperial Guard. Is that where I'm headed? Normally, Saikana students end up in one of three places. The hopeless or overly dangerous are sacrificed to the Emperor. Some careful souls join the Astra Telepathica as proctors or astropaths, while the majority end up fighting on a world they've never seen or heard of before. War takes all comers. What about the Inquisition? Couldn't I end up working with them? Brianne Halland and her brother Evan had found their place with Inquisitor Teodoro Locke. I hoped it took them far. In rare cases, students catch the eye of a witch hunter or a Malleus crew in need of a banisher. But those skills are also highly sought out by the Imperial Guard. Wars don't start or end by themselves. I'd grown up expecting to serve as an officer in my home's planetary defense force. I'd trained as a PDF cadet before running afoul of a warp witch in the Underhive sector of my city. Landing in the Imperial Guard wouldn't be a shock if it came to that. Proctor Alicante shared a final truth of the Imperium that too few realized. Silver, remember that the more valuable you are, the greater chance you will have to survive and control your own destiny. It was a lesson of the Overhive and one I'd never forget. On a related note, it was my turn for some answers. How valuable was McKittrick? Alicante knew exactly who I was talking about. What do you mean? Was she powerful? Did McKittrick have control of her Psyker abilities? Proctor Alicante paused, frowning. She hadn't killed anyone if that's what you're asking. Now it was my turn to hesitate. I hadn't been asking that at all. Proctor Alicante needed a sure way to change the subject and had found it, proving that she controlled my destiny from the start. How many? I hadn't seen the Inquisition's report, but everyone kept score. This wasn't the sort of thing to be left out. Fear kept Alicante's eyes glued to an empty spot on the table as she answered. The file sent to Scola Sicana stated that you killed twelve Imperial citizens, all in a single fight. I'd experienced the limited prospects of a mass murderer and their downward spiral in life. As a harsh lesson, it wasn't a topic I would have brought up if I was trying to build a rapport with a captive student. I studied the same empty spot on the table as I replied. 
I did. After making a note, Alicante shrugged as if I'd simply confirmed the date of my birthday. Malaeus and Hereticus spin in subtly opposite orbits, and they don't always share pertinent details. Is there anything else we should know? Her interrogation skills were sublime, but she'd come to the wrong table if she was looking for an explanation or a shred of remorse. I shook my head. You never answered my question. Why kill McKittrick? The codes in her collar had been altered. Saikana spaceport security protocols kicked in when the aberration was detected. Could she have tampered with the collar? McKittrick had telepathic abilities and the necessary strength. Like you, she could project her astral self beyond her physical body. There was far more to it than that. I didn't have the faintest idea how to manipulate my collar, but I knew who might. She would have been valuable to the Imperium. My response wasn't a question. Alicante could sense my skepticism and took it as such. Yes, quite. If only she'd landed safely and completed the oath of a Sanctionite. You think someone else tampered with her collar? Yes, don't you? Silver, you will find Scola Sykana to be dangerous enough without pursuing those who could pull off such a feat. Another warning. Proctor Alicante didn't need to tell me twice. The hell gun outside our door offered the same cold conclusion about my standing, matching the truth reflected in her beautiful blue-gray eyes. By the end of the first day, having returned safely to the neutral hab hall with the rest of my shell-shocked class, our orientation was complete. I sat in my room, admiring my power glaive, a weapon brimming with all sorts of useful power. I enjoyed its relative warmth and could feel the spirit stirring the silver energy within it. Every parasite needs a cache to store its pride until the day of reckoning arrives. The augmented weapon was priceless, a relic passed down through countless generations of an overhive family until the thick-bladed spear had landed in my lap as a political gift. I'd been trained in its expected use up to a point. That point became sharper when I realized the weapon was a token that could hold a vast amount of psychic power. As a personal vault of silver energy, it was far more dangerous to my foes than the bearing of its blade or the molecular disruptor embedded within it. If you were to say that I was somehow pampered growing up, that I had lived the easy life, you would have been right in one key aspect. Unlike the vast majority of Imperial citizens, my daily existence had never been challenged. Until recently, I'd never had to fight for my life, security, or standing. In following the path set before me, I never had to worry about the desires of anyone but myself. Sykana changed all that with its hell guns, commissars, and exploding collars. During the day, it asked for trust and demanded strict conformity, while at night, it unleashed the bitter hounds in all of us. Psychers weren't citizens, and we weren't slaves. With a glitch in our genetics, we were born to bridge the real and unreal. In one way, it was a familiar role to play and I embraced it like the glaive that hummed in my determined grasp. That night, dinner ended early. The quicker one chewed and swallowed the bitter nutrition, the better, leaving my class time to discuss the next steps in our survival. 1137 Lima had decided to join Clan Kilhaven and take advantage of its protected perimeter. The death of McKittrick still had everyone spooked. The apparent lack of concern by the Sykana staff for the Psyker's behavior during downtime and the thought that disturbances were sorted in a violent manner left everyone in search of more stable confines. I'll help you all move in, but I'm going to stay here in the neutral habs. I wanted to crack a joke about the warm decor and delicious food, but I couldn't. 
My reasons for staying put were far less appealing. I needed to keep my distance. Nothing in me felt stable. Everything seemed to sway as if I already had one foot planted beyond the veil. We'll be moving tomorrow morning if you change your mind, said Onyx. She looked miserable after a long day of hiding fresh burns beneath her uniform. Here. I held out my hand and she took it. Her face relaxed as I transferred the jolt of painful energy away from her body. A sadistic underhive baron had taught me the trick, and it worked both ways. Why aren't you going with us? Helix glanced down the dining hall table to whisper. As one of the oldest, Helix had been doing her best to heal Onyx and take charge of our little group. Whisper, a girl of thirteen, looked utterly lost, and I figured she had a week at most before a more permanent collar, or something worse was implanted in her skull. Feth. I planned to be on the front lines and in a position to protect only myself. But I couldn't tell them that. We'll see each other every day during class, and you'll be safer without me. Safer how? said Helix. I was eighteen, and the oldest present. How many here had a guard with a hellgun standing right outside their eval room today? Of the other eight at the table, only Whisper raised her hand. The proctors had read everyone's file and knew which recruits could be trouble, regardless of the reason. What did you do? Helix caught herself too late to stifle the overt accusation. Whisper turned bright red and stared into her lap. One didn't have to be a seer to know how she felt about the previous evening's accident. Whisper lost control. It's not her fault, said Jinx. He was roughly Whisper's age and ready to protect her. I felt proud of his response. Helix sighed. I wasn't speaking to Whisper. We all know she didn't mean it. She turned her focus on me. Silver, you said you were in a gang. What kind of gang? I might as well have slapped her as I replied. An underhive gang. Helix didn't hesitate or hold back. Feth you, Silver. The exchange got a few gasps from those that understood its implications. Most of Class 1137 Lima were hive dwellers and knew of the monsters that lurked miles beneath the deck. My classmates were mostly sane, and thus had never gone anywhere near the underhive sector of any city. Every city was different, but the deepest dwellers were consistent in their tactics and the use of force to keep the governed and governing at bay. Helix was a biomantic healer. Her values and priorities ran counter to mine on too many levels, and she'd succinctly summarized why I was staying at arm's length from the rest of my class. Still, I needed to understand the abject venom in her voice. Was it something I said? Silver, I know your type. You'll promise us protection and leave us holding the recycler bill. And you speak from experience? Yes. She stared at my chest. My father's anyway. You lost him to the underhive of your city. She nodded, still not looking up. It was ludicrous to blame me, but she had to blame someone, and I was simply there with a face that was easy to curse. Beyond that, she was right. I couldn't fully protect any of them. Letting go of Onyx's hand, I stood up, finally drawing Helix's eyes up to mine. Helix had given me the perfect out. I knew there were far harsher accusations waiting for me if I remained among those seated, so I retreated to my room, hoping to plan out the rest of my night. The sultry voice of a tryst followed me out of the dining hall and into the lift. Helix really didn't mean that, but if you get lonely, I don't judge. If only Dawn's age matched her tone, I'd never feel lonely or get any sleep, but it was a good sign that she could think of being a distraction, while everyone else seemed paralyzed with anxiety or fear. 
I focused on an image of her face and replied, Thanks. Downtime was about to begin.